It's Talking Twins and more with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and more multiple birth podcast with myself, Nix, and joining me are wonderful co-host from twinfo.com.au, Naomi. Hello, Naomi. How are you going? Hello, Nikki. All is good here. I can't believe, though, we're on school holidays again. This I know. Is just and more to the point, I can't believe um, how many weeks it has been since we last recorded after promising that we would be back to back. And I'm going to put my hand up because that's predominantly been me because I've had a huge number of health issues um, th- sporadically thrown at me. And I guess that's just life. And and that's one of the things when you're balancing twins and or multiples and home life work and then you get some health issues you you find you get to a stage where you can't juggle every single ball and something drops and that's okay you know health is definitely most important health and then and family and you know our listeners are all fabulous multiple birth parents themselves and they understand that sometimes life just happens. Yeah, absolutely, it does. And so because of that, we've literally gone from like the beginning of term one to the end of term one. I know, and to be quite honest, it's gone that quickly in my life too. It doesn't feel like we've missed these, you know, five or six weeks in the middle, to be perfectly honest. I can't believe it. Like what happened? Oh, Gosh, I don't know. But I can tell you in Queensland, well, particularly in Brisbane because this wasn't everywhere, of course, in Queensland we had um, delayed start of term by two weeks because of COVID. But then in Brisbane we've had the flooding, so then they had another week off in the middle of So they've actually only done seven weeks and we've been lucky enough so far to avoid COVID, but I know other people that have missed two or three weeks of schooling due to that. So their kids have actually only been at school for three weeks this term. Oh, no, it's just, it's it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, just when you think that life was going to get more stable and because we and here in New South Wales we've had similar flooding but nothing similar to what they've had in northern New South Wales and further north. But, yeah, the COVID situation, I mean, it's just rampant in schools at the moment. I don't, I don't know what it's like for you guys in Queensland, but literally we're getting a letter home from school every second day saying there's another 10 cases of COVID that they're confirming. Um, and, yeah, like our neighbours, also multiple parents, they've had four out of five weeks they've been off with COVID because they've all gone down at different stages. And even the twins, they're in the same year at school, but different classes, they've ended up getting COVID at different stages, not from each other, but from the, so it's just, it's, it's a, it's, yeah, it's an IMET. I know. I almost, I almost put my kids in the same class this year purely because of the COVID. Um, yeah. Because they're in, they're in separate classes. And I thought, oh, well, I could minimise their exposure by putting them in the same class. But then I was like, oh, they're still going to hang out with their mates at, at lunchtime. And because it's such a small school, there is only the two classes um, for their year. Um, and they do some lessons together anyway. And I was just mm. like, ah, oh, we'll just cope with it. But, yeah, what a crazy. But come on, talk to us, Nikki. You have just, you're finishing your first term yeah. of school. Today is you the last day. I did. You're graduating as a school-aged multiple parent. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I can honestly say take, take all the other stuff that I've had going on in my life this this term. Um, wow, what a roller coaster of a ride trying to adjust to life as a school parent. It is huge. 
and like this is like with everything as multiples you know everyone says when does it get easier when does it get easier like when they're newborns and stuff and then you get these people that say oh you know bring give me newborns any day i've you know i love when they turn three or whatever and then you're like oh i can't wait for them to go to school i can breathe but it brings a whole new ball game oh, a whole new ball game and i can honestly say and i'm interested to see what you say about this I've learned a whole new side to both my children since we started this, this, what is it now, 11-week journey of this first term where they've gone from being my little twin boys to these independent, confident, the way that they're thriving, the little nuances that they're learning, the behaviours that they're picking up, the things that they're doing differently, the things that they're doing together, how they're progressing as as a twin pair still in the same class, it's been a real eye-opener. Absolutely. So what are some of the little things that you've noticed that um, are really kind of, I guess, different to what you were seeing when you were home with them most of the day and stuff like that? I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is, A, they both become more confident in who they are as themselves. So even, and it's an interesting point because I know we see this a lot on the multiple pages that you run. Um, people always saying, should I keep my kids together in the same class? Is it going to impact on their personality? Is it going to, you know, how is it going to affect them? We obviously, we chose to keep our kids together for the first year anyway. Secondly, Hunter has, we have, you know, autism, ASD, um, ADHD that we're dealing with as well. So it's been really interesting to see that play out. Um, their bond is tighter than it's ever been. They fight more in a way because they're so headstrong in their own personalities. But what I'm amazed at is keeping them together in the same classes and then the class the teacher is choosing when she separates them for various activities, which is working really well, probably um, a little bit more selective because of Hunter's dependency on Harrison, but she's still pulling them apart. But it's so great to see them flesh out their own personalities, even being in the same class. It's not, it doesn't seem to be impacting or holding them back or I'm really seeing the strengths and, and of their own personalities and that's really shone through in the last 11 weeks. That's fantastic. It sounds like you've got a really good teacher as well because I found that we had the same thing. Um, the teacher that was able to separate them but keep them together, um, you know, always made sure that they were on different tables for group activities and things like that. Mm. Um, I, I think it still gave them that sense because ours were together in in um, kindergarten prep, depending on where you are, um, as well. And um, they were able to sort of work independently but still be there if they needed each other. What what a difference having a right teacher or a teacher that you gel with makes. Um, it, it's incredible. Like we, we had our first parent-teacher interview and, oh, my God, I felt like I was such a, like, you know, little school kid going back like, oh, my kid's okay. Are you going to tell me that they're the worst kids in the class? Are they the best? Like, you know, I'm hearing these filtered, disjointed stories about what goes on in the classroom. And so um, I'm really lucky and I can honestly say if there's one thing to try and do that I've managed to fall on my feet with is build a good rapport with the teacher because we have I have got a really good rapport. Like today, um, actually before this, I just had a two-hour behavioural um, support session for Hunter and 
last night I spent half an hour on the phone in our own time to his teacher just to flesh out whether there was anything else that I needed to bring out because she's so involved in how he's going in class. So we've been really, really lucky um, and she's been able to identify sort of the same issues that we have at home and how they're presenting at school. So we've been able to keep some open communication with that. So, yeah, having having a good teacher, a teacher that understands not necessarily with sensory issues, but um, just the twin dynamic and doing that separation. Like she's got them still sitting together, but it might be one's in a row behind and one's in front so they can still see each other, but they're still separate, giving them the chance or separating them in those activities so that they're starting to flesh out their own independence. That's fantastic. That's really good. It is really good. Having um, a teacher, as you said, that, aligns with everything is fantastic we've been really lucky so ours are in year five and we have had two you know years that weren't that successful shall we say in the matching up of the teachers that they had and things like that still great teachers just not quite suited to um you know their our kids dynamic or or needs or whatever um but we've got amazing teachers this year they're um in a five six composite class both of them um, and obviously my two are in year five. So, um, and they've just got two really strong teachers. Um, I couldn't be happier, honestly. I, I walked out of um, our parent-teacher interviews the other day and I almost I, like, I felt like doing this fist pump going, yeah, you know, we've got such good teachers. This is going to be such a good year. And they only had really positive things to say, and um, oh. but they showed me a that they had done to work, particularly with Oliver. Oh, actually, and with Alexis um, on different needs that they had and things. And I was, yeah, I just walked out of there glowing. I was like on cloud nine. Mm. Yeah, it can make it. It can make or break. I can understand how important it is now, just in that first. 10, 11 weeks of just understanding who is this person who's driving my child's education. It's such an unnerving experience. We were really lucky. We had amazing teachers in prep, which is the first year of school in Queensland and year one. Um, And it really set them up to enjoy school because that's the other thing. I mean, if you have a teacher, I mean, I guess those those that teach prep or kindergarten or whatever, depending on the state, um, they are special people. Yeah. You know, they're taking on a whole class full oh. of kids that have never been to school before, have yeah. never, some of them haven't even been to a kindy or a daycare or whatever that it is, um, and all of a sudden they've got, I don't know, 25 little five-year-olds that, yeah, some of them, you know, that can't tie their own shoelaces, can't open their own lunch boxes, you know, don't know their right from their left, and yeah. they run. And as you know, and by the end of term one, they're almost they're reading like it's unbelievable. Mm. It's it is it's quite incredible, and it's and it's incredible to see your kids go through that enormous leap that they do in first term of school, which is you know you've held their hand into preschool, you've signed them in, you've you've had your eyes on them pretty much every second, and then suddenly you just get into this routine of like kissing goodbye at the gate or at the door or whatever and see you bye mum I'm out like you know and you think wow that transition I mean it's it's hard to let go as the mum but it is also so wonderful to watch how quickly they take to it and absorb and and grow and become these little independent 
dudes. Like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's quite a journey. But the responsibility of what you've got to remember, like, oh, my God, I forgot hats one day. And then I find myself driving down because we've forgotten drink bottles and stuff like that. It's just like, oh, my God, you have to remember so much. And what day is what? And which day is sport day? And which day is library day? And God forbid, don't forget it because you'll be in trouble from your own kids. <laughs> I know. We've got a little, um, I printed out. And we have it on the wall so we know who has to take what on what day and all of that kind of stuff, um, which works out really well because particularly now, like, they take responsibility for themselves. Um, but, yeah, my, I remember I think um, my biggest tip, though, is to keep a spare hat and a spare water bottle in the car because you will need it. Yeah, that is such a good I, tip. I, I'm the same. I've, dropped, I've forgotten them so many times as well. But now, Nikki, to actually become... To graduate your first term, you have to manage the school holidays oh. for the first. So let's well, you're half, hang on, you're halfway through the holidays. How are these ones? I know, going? I know, because yeah, Queensland is um, a week ahead, so we're actually on on day five of you know of our first lot of first week of holidays, um, and you're just about to start school holidays. So talk us through it. Like, what what have you got planned? How are you going to manage it? Because I mean. You're like me, we both work from home. So, you know, how are you going to juggle working from home while having the kids? Because in both of us, our partners work away from the house. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, pass. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm, I sort of just feel like we're going straight back into the routine that we had before school um, because well, we were I home so much ourselves with COVID. I don't yes. feel too overwhelmed by it. I sort of just feel like. And the other thing is I've opted to do pretty much nothing this school holidays. I've got a couple of little things like we've obviously got Easter. Um, we're not going anywhere. We're not do it taking on too much we're going to like the local zoo down the road which you know we've got season passes to so we'll do a couple of just just two or three day trips um but we're really playing it low key and that's because the boys are absolutely exhausted they are so tired they are wrecked and that was one of the things the teacher said to me last night when I was talking to her I was just like they're they're busted they are completely busted and I said well actually I've got nothing planned for the school holidays you could almost hear that relief in her voice she's like oh good she's like if you're gonna trug around the state you are in for something and like so yeah we've I'm, I'm doing nothing I'm just gonna be you know lots of craft lots of drawing lots of the stuff that they just love doing to entertain each other and you know what that's a benefit of I must admit in the multiple situation we tear our hair out at times but the boys can are getting to a good place of wanting to play. Um, yeah. Not always fighting. There's some epic fights, but we were, we're getting longer stretches in between those fighting over every toy and, you know, going head to head with each other. They're quite happy to go and kick a football around for 20 minutes, half an hour now. And they really, that, that's what they want to do. So they, I think they're looking forward to enjoying some twin time. Oh, that's nice. Mm. I agree. That's Have really you got beautiful. much planned? No, so well. Because you you are a school holiday planner. I am usually, but I have to say that um, I have nothing planned because uh, we've got our in laws here from the UK. They just arrived two days ago, so that's very exciting. The twins, obviously, they the Alexis and Oliver haven't seen their grandparents thanks to COVID for quite a few years, so they've just arrived. So while 
and they had to come from the UK this time, so it was a big trip, um, and I thought that they might be struggling a bit with the jet lag. Um, so I booked my kids into um, intensive um, holiday tutoring for a couple of days. <laughs> I figured they'd miss so much school this term and we didn't have a very successful year last year academically. Um, so I thought we could do with a little bit of catching up, um, which works out well because I'm working full time this week. So um, I you booked into her. Oh, yeah, yep. So um, they are quite looking forward to next week, just um, having a bit of time off and, you know, we'll go to the beach and do a few things like that. Um, but we haven't got anything planned again. We're just kind of laying low because of the whole COVID thing. It's just really kicked off again um, mm. here in, in Brisbane, which it has everywhere. Um, so we just thought we'd just lay low, hang out with the grandparents um, and, yeah, spend some quality time. Nice, nice. Do you have any tips because you are such a good holiday planner? Look, the, the biggest thing is to actually just enjoy the time with them. I know you and I are quite similar in the fact because we work from home, there is always work we can do. Yeah, it is hard, it's so hard to stop. Very hard to stop, switch off and actually go and spend time with them. I find I'm better at spending time with my children if I leave the house. Yeah, um, yeah. go out and I do something. I can't just pop back into the study to answer a couple of emails and then get yeah. distracted and yeah, fall down. The, yeah, <laughs> that's, down. That's the downside of working from home, though. It is. It is definitely. Um, because it is really hard as well that um, to try and keep it fair. Like you're just being at in your first year of school, they're not going to have um, too many activities and, you're, you know, but you've got when they start getting their different interests and, this one wants to go to this and this one wants to do that. This one's got a play date. This one wants to have a sleepover. And you want to try and spend time as a family, time individually, make sure they get an even spread of um, play dates and all of that kind of stuff. So it can still be quite the juggle. Mm, yeah, it's, it's very difficult. Hey, we put it out, talking about school holidays, we put something out on Facebook. We did, yeah. So we've got um, the Parents of School Age Multiples group. Um, so if you have children uh, approaching school age, um, please feel free to join that group. Um, but the, there was a bit of a common theme in people's replies and it was really just juggling the holidays with, when, without um, having, well, like with leave, annual leave, if, you, if both parents are working um, and, you know, most parents are working. And you've got the, um, cost, you've got the cost of those these daycares or I want to call them daycares but holiday camps and holiday camps and stuff like it it adds up yeah that's why I ended up I must say putting them in the tutoring it wasn't um it was more than sending them to the vacation care program at school or something like that but um I thought well they might as well be learning um Mm. because you know you're still paying sometimes Mm. you you pay like a hundred dollars a day for them to attend these days yeah, and again, um, when you've got the double costs as well. Yeah. yeah. It's expensive. Um, but, yeah, the main dilemma of the parents in the Parents of School Age Multiples group is really just working out how to entertain them without using all your leave. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're not just sitting at home all day on their devices because you have to work or yeah. something like yeah. that. Um, and... I, the comment that someone made a comment um, that made me laugh um, 
because you hear about it all the time and you don't realise until you're a school age you have school age parents is why you're shipped off to your grandparents for the holidays. <laughs> yeah. um, and I never, you know, I couldn't because my grandparents are actually both overseas from both sides Me of the too, family. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I never had that option. But I always used to think, oh, how, I look, how cool it would be, you know, to go and spend time with my grandparents. But now, now that I'm a working parent of school aged um trying to come up with um you know because what they get like 14 weeks of holidays or something and you only get four weeks but i was gonna say isn't that the most ridiculous thing in the first place like the holiday leave is four weeks and then there's 14 weeks of school holidays it's like that does not add up but you can understand you can see how tired yours are oh i get it yeah i get it i just we we should just have more holidays right yeah exactly that's it come on um, but yeah, it's, it, it is difficult. Um, and so that's, that's a big challenge for, I mean, that's a challenge for all families, um, yeah. regardless of if you've got one or 10 children is trying to work out how on earth you're going to manage the school holiday juggle, so mm. to speak. Mm. Um, I know I've certainly had my fair share of, um, play dates over here so parents can work and, um, yeah. you know, particularly once they're a bit older, Nikki, your boys probably not quite yet, but it's always really hard to, Palm off two kids. Yeah. For the day. Yeah. And then, um, as you said, the logistical nightmare if you send them to different places, because then yeah. you're going to spend half your day doing drop off and pick up and yeah. you're still not getting your day done. No, exactly. So I actually often find it easier to host yeah. people over here. Yeah. Um, so I can work, I can keep an eye on them. Now that they're older, they're not getting themselves into, you know, they Mystery. don't need me. For everything um and you can keep an eye out but um it's almost easier because it's very hard to find um cheap alternatives for care yeah it is yeah mm. absolutely well ask me how i feel about it in two weeks in two weeks time i yeah, might I actually be looking forward to seeing them back i am i'm just excited to have them back and i'm excited about those little things that um like the routine is is hard. It's Are you excited about not making school lunches? Yes. Oh my gosh. It is a laborious task, isn't it? It is, but you'll probably find I often think, oh my gosh, I should just continue making lunches so then they're not continually in the fridge. What can I eat? I'm opening the cupboard. Mom, can I have this, Mom? <laughs> I actually I actually went and stocked up on extra snacks this week because I'm like, we're going into school holidays and everyone has told me that for some reason kids just eat ten times more at school holidays. And they do so I'm, I'm watching and waiting but I'm prepared for the fact that they're just going to eat their way through the next two weeks that's right and you've got to eat stuff so yeah exactly <laughs> exactly oh here's an interesting little one just before we wrap up um I have one child who will not eat chocolate so I'm racking my brains what to do for Ooh. Easter yeah because he just doesn't just doesn't like it just has decided yeah. he doesn't like chocolate. And so now I'm like, but he wants, you know, he doesn't want to get left out. And he said to me, Yes, what's the Easter bunny gonna do? And I'm like, oh mate, the Easter bunny's got no idea right now. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody's got any tips on what to do when you have a non-chocolate eater for Easter, I'm I'm taking them. Perfect. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what you did do. Because that will make it, that will be an interesting What the one. Easter Bunny is doing. Yes, what the Easter Bunny does do. I'm so glad, it's, glad it's the Easter Bunny's problem, not mine. Exactly. 
Fabulous catching up with you again and hearing about um, your school holidays, what you've got planned and everything and how you've managed to survive being a parent of school-aged multiples. Yes, and look, we're back in, we'll get back into the swing of things now, so I'll uh, I'll keep you updated on how it's all going. (laughs) All right, we'll catch you next week. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com.